Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, May the 8th, UFC 249 tomorrow. The world, the world, how's the world doing, Mila? The world is, is interesting. I, um, it's, it's nice and sunny out. It makes me happy. Um, I feel like I'm getting to the part of quarantine where I'm doing all the really cliche but still socially acceptable things. Like what? Um, so, like, I bleached my hair yesterday. It didn't really take... <laughs> Um, I am rewatching Hannibal with my cousin. It's Shut actually, up. it's good. And it's like, it's underrated, I think, like the, the mm-hmm. TV show. Yeah. Uh, it's very artistic. I remember um, my dad watching that when I was like 14. And so whatever my dad was doing when I was younger is like sophisticated in my mind. <laughs> yeah, so there was that. Um, and I am reading Richard Dawkins' book, which we can talk about later. Um, and I started writing again, actually, like just like writing like non-political stuff, like just creative writing, nice. which I haven't done since like high school, yeah. or maybe first year university. And like, I really want to try just writing for its own sake. Um, put some pressure on you? Yeah, you can put pressure on me. I always felt like you had a great novel in you. Well, I'm work. I, I reopened a novel that you and I started working on. Oh, uh, shit. And just started writing. So maybe we can uh, revisit that. But stay tuned, <laughs> listeners. Put it up for the patrons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just thought, like, okay, I, 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 I always... The thing is, like, that concerns me about writing is it always feels like a performance to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe that's not a bad... When I was young, I thought that was a terrible thing. Like, I was, like, very Holden Caulfield. Like, this is so phony... Yeah. Um, you can't write unless it's like fully genuine and only for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's like as soon as those words leave your head, it's like not fully for yourself anymore anyway. There's something really particular that's always bothered me about writing is you have to think about what you're going to write before you put it on the page. Like you can't write instantaneously with your thoughts. So mm-hmm. you're not only writing what you're thinking of, but like you're thinking about how your writing is going to appear before it actually appears. So that's that's kind of been a concern for me. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I, I went through, a, I think, a similar evolution. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think, but then I came, yeah, I started, well, I've been trying to write songs recently and they've been, I, I moved away from like abstract hipster expressionism and more towards like country simplicity. So I'm in this funny place right now where I write something really simple that rhymes. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's so good. I I can't tell the difference between like simple direct writing and like genius right now, which is, I don't know, it feels like a step though. No, that's good. That's cool. I think also one thing that I used to feel like when I was writing music is that every single thing needs to be like complex and have like seven different piano parts, each of them, you know, and like mimic like some like obscure like... 17th century classical piece or whatever and now it's like okay no like there are artists that have written simple stuff that is still really powerful and good yeah 
I think of like Nirvana, for instance. Yeah. Everybody likes Nirvana. Actually, I don't know if everybody likes them, but it's like, you know, like that can still have a mass appeal. And then I was thinking like, okay, maybe art's not just about like pure technique, but about how you can like touch people. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. So speaking of artists, we are going to talk about how one of our faves just had a baby. That poor child. Didn't name it after us. No, I'm kidding. What a um, weird childhood that child is going to so much pressure from like two different arenas. Maybe I'm like, like being I feel like they're going to change their name to like Bob as an act of rebellion. <laughs> like an old what, yeah. what, I haven't been on computer for like a week because it's good for me not to have a computer. Uh, yeah. But because thank you for taking my computer. But <laughs> who, what is the pronunciation? I haven't even like done the Google yet. Um, it's X Ash Archangel, Archangel. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, those, those which is very Grimes. Yeah, it's very Grimes. Are they mathematical symbols? No, they each represent like, um, like one of the sim- like one of the things is like represented a plane or something. It's very obscure. Grimes broke it down on Twitter, oh, and. Sorry. Elon like um actually her like right after she gave a like birth and I'm like dude uh, well I mean <laughs> fair enough better to clear the record you know pop the Tesla stock bubble quicker sooner rather than later right I know and then I'm like what if that that would probably be me too yeah I'm actually my husband after he gives birth <laughs> and like the hypothetical situation i actually one time i went to a museum in england and they were talking about the possibility of men getting pregnant mm-hmm. and i thought that was so cool like can you imagine guys walking around with like pregnant bellies yeah i guess i don't know i just like i'm, was... I'm so scared of the future i don't know what to think because uh, like with our track record of technology we always have super negative unintended consequences oh, and always. the more power we have the more we're gonna just like wreck people yeah i think that's like but yeah that's a good point i i just like thought oh my god it would be so cute to think of like soft paternal man giving <laughs> giving birth i guess so for some reason i envision <laughs> it like i i don't envision him like as like a hipster like beta cuck i more envision it as like <laughs> oh! some like wholesome somewhat older man okay just, like with like a beard like chuckling just being like oh my child yeah. there's there are animals that have like life cycles like they're male and then they're female i think i'm so excited to to peruse this later and like i'm so excited to watch elon on joe rogan my friend was saying it was such a stu- like stuttering conversation yeah, I'm sure he's very awkward. I think. Yeah, and and Joe Joe doesn't know how to back up. He doubles down on the enthusiasm. Have you heard about that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between it's just so incredible the people who make products and the people who just design financial instruments. That's the the part I heard. Anyways, I'm really excited, both sincerely and for the, the memes. Yeah, good memes coming your way. I'm like, I really like I don't really get like the admiration like I feel like there's a lot of guys in their 20s that like have a lot of admiration for Elon I used to be like annoyed with him and now I'm just indifferent um well he I'm, does cool shit but I'm a big fan of Grimes so I'm kind of like too. Hmm. um yeah I, he lowers I, the stock price for the boys Wall Street bets <laughs> for us. I think it's more you know because like I, people consider him like the father of Silicon Valley or something Elon 
Yeah. Oh, well, I don't really know that much about him. I just like the memes and his attitude. Yeah, I like that he hates his dad. Does he? Oh, yeah, yeah, he does, really profoundly. His parents, like, they had, like, an emerald mine in apartheid South Africa, and, like, the dad apparently married his stepdaughter. <laughs> Some real, like, Eminem vibes. Um, Wait, I, okay, I don't think Eminem is creepy towards Haley, but... but no, uh, no, but didn't he marry... Oh, no, sorry, he married his stepsister. Eminem did? Yeah. Or was it not that. his stepsister? We're just spreading lies and slander. No, it's not like spreading lies. I think, it, I think it was just like, he, or he, I don't know, let us know, guys. He married someone that, or he dated someone that lived, maybe she just lived with him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe Haley's friend. <laughs> no, this is, this is the person he had Haley with, but I thought that Kim was his stepsister. I mean, anyway, some guys knows? are really into that. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I think, okay, well, marrying your step daughters sounds creepier than marrying your sister but but it's 2020 you know we we're open-minded i'm not (laughs) (laughs) i'm like the resident kink shamer of the podcast um (laughs) yeah if if you're attracted to your stepdaughter like i don't know man maybe like go to a therapist well it depends how doesn't it depend how old she is do some push-ups i don't know but it's still creepy i think because you're like you know those are old norms, Mila. A parental figure? I don't know. I see why people, maybe like people like it because it's taboo. You know? Uh, yeah. Or I mean, they're like a. We can, we can talk about like the daddy thing. The daddy. Th- yeah, no, but I think that's that's very straight. Like, I remember like there was a. Freud meme. was right. Yeah, about like Freud, like proudly, like at the podium being like, hmm. Um, I told you all. Yeah. Well, like I was thinking about the book Lolita. And I've never read it. Well, Philosophy Tube just made a video about it. And he was talking about how, like, it's from the perspective of the guy that's attracted to the young girl. So it's, it seems like more normal like it seems like she's like in love with him too it's just giving an insight into the guy's brain or whatever and mm-hmm. then but then like the reality is, is obviously the girl is like scared of him or something mm-hmm. i don't I've never read it we we should do a book club we should yeah, read we a book should. and then talk about it next week unacceptable book club well okay i'm reading science and the soul by richard dawkins right now and i'm also reading a book called one dimensional man by herbert Marcuse. Um, they're both very different books. It's kind of random that I'm reading them both at the same time, but I just have like a terrible attention span. So no, that's good. (laughs) Double. I do that sometimes. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like a harder one. And then a more fictiony one I like to do. I like to do that too. But the problem is, is both of these are not fiction, but I find like Richard Dawkins to be like a lighter read. I think maybe because I'm very familiar with his stuff. Or because he's a better writer. Yeah. Well, I think he's trying to appeal to more people. Also, Marcuse is German. I was kind of trying to say something about like, like clear communication being good. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Whereas like Marcuse, well, all the Germans can't write. Or no maybe it's a translation true. thing because they have these like sick like fourteen compound words. Yeah, that's like, true. That could be it. I I just find like every time I remember one of my supervisors uh, in university. I was like, oh my god, I'm so dumb. I didn't understand my reading, and he's like, no, this guy's German. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand. And I think that's yeah. I don't know. Nietzsche is a good writer though. Yeah, he's, like, the pre Dawkins. I'm just kidding. My boyfriend's gonna listen to me saying that and get upset. 
um, comparing Nietzsche to Dawkins, but um, shout out to Gare. But <laughs> but the uh, this book is interesting because it's like a collection of essays, but it's kind of a weird assortment because some of it is very political and some of it is so rawly scientific. Mm. Like part of it will be like okay, here are 12 theories of kin selection uh, that mm. I disagree with and whatever. And it's interesting to learn about because this is stuff my brother works on. Um, but then other parts of it will be like, hmm, these silly creationists and like, <laughs> and yeah. whatever. And like, I, I think maybe this is because I'm not American, but I don't seem to feel like creationists are a huge problem right now. Yeah. Um, like obviously they exist and like they're weird. Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't really, like, I don't see it here politically. Maybe in the U S it's like more of a thing. I, yeah, I did understand that he, didn't he like come up his, his whole thing. Like he came up against a lot of difficult people be like shouting at him that he's going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's understandable that he'd be like, I, it took me a while to like think about like the context that he grew up in maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's like that's a lot of people who um, come to atheism. I think like now we're at this point where like when when I was in high school, atheism was kind of cool and counterculture, um, and now people are kind of they're kind of like the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, every we've talked about this before, but that happens with every movement. That, every yeah, society. that's so true. But but I think that sometimes people are unfair about it i'm not just saying that because i'm an atheist because i do i do think that also there are a lot of atheists that say like stupid things or something like some of it's needlessly edgy mm-hmm. like i don't believe trying like if if religion's helping someone personally and they're not harming anyone with it like i don't care about you know forcing them to become an atheist um but i find that like I don't know. There's been a lot of, um, there is some like uncharitability about it, especially when it's like from, there are people who live in some countries where being an atheist is not legal. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. and, and so like, I think it has like two sides to it. Cause on one hand, there are some atheists here that like co-op those people's struggle and they'll be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm oppressed for being an atheist cause it's illegal in so many countries. And it's like, yeah, but you're not personally yeah. <laughs> uh, experiencing that. But then, like, there are some people and there's, like, movements in um, certain countries where, like, atheists are put in jail. There was an atheist in Saudi Arabia that received lashings for mm-hmm. for writing atheist stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I still think, like, a secular movement of some sort is necessary. It just might not be the kind that we have right mm-hmm. now. But doesn't mean that it's it's all bad that's my yeah. hot take I, I, my hot take is i wish i could be catholic again so have you you've just pieced it basically the so the the i basically so i spent my whole life being like planning to be this like catholic richard dog like i don't know some sort of like <laughs> social justice catholic warrior and then the 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 social pressures became too much and i chickened out right so it, it really was a reality check about my like integrity that I'd come to like this like weirdly fetishized version that I'd come to value sorry yeah like but like also like oh I'm so I know exactly what I think and I'm so brave and I don't give a fuck that whole thing yeah and then I I couldn't and I'm not that brave and I do give a fuck and so I have to like reinvent myself 
maybe that's like a common adult thing passage yeah i think so i think it like it's sucks, though. no but it's normal to like have a crisis of faith with your beliefs i mean i i feel like i have that like all the time with things i believe in um and i think that's fine it's normal to look at how you were growing up and look at the assumptions you grew up with and then question things that you just took for granted at one point but i mean i don't i think when you're an adult and you're following religion and if you're doing it like genuinely and not in some like politically pernicious way Mm -hmm. i think that like you don't necessarily need to um just like jump like you don't need to be like okay this is all true and i'm not allowed to question it i think you can still be like yeah that definitely that was never my thing it was like i know exactly what i basically wanted to be god and the pope kind of mixed up (laughs) like i know exactly which part of this is true and let me explain it to you simpletons on both sides yeah i i mean i think it's interesting because now a lot of people our age are returning to religion that's um, an act of defiance. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's an act of defiance or because. A, I think so. I think there's a funny I, irony there. I think there's also something that people are like missing. Yeah, internally. that's true. Even more profoundly, that's very true. Um, we've talked a lot about that. Yeah, yeah, and like, like Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. I was. They were actually talking. I was listening to a live stream with him, and he was. He has. He has a phrase that he likes to use called load-bearing fictions yeah like, help keep society moving yeah i mean so like religion like it's had like a very uh strong political utility uh and also social utility as well like everything and i think this is like i've come to this conclusion through maturing because i used to be like it's all terrible it's all bad religion's only been like terrible for society and <laughs> and whatever and now it's like no okay it's it's served like an evolutionary social function Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped and some of the laws that were put in place had a, a specific purpose um, yeah. and that's fine but like I think now the challenge is going to be how do we keep people personally and spiritually fulfilled while how do we keep also- them opiated <laughs> well, but, but while also considering the political effects of religion and somehow finding a way to make it so that we're not like imposing these like grand metaphysical uh, assumptions on everyone in in society. Because like every single time religion has been a prominent force in a political society, it's never been able to like stay in the home. You know, it's always been enforced in some way. And I don't like that seems to the, me. the one I, I I totally agree with the drift of what you're saying uh, and I'm so I'm so civil liberties minded I think that's like if you look at like say the 20th century wow listen to the claims I'm gonna make but like basically a libertarian hedging of your bets is like it seems like a pretty safe argument as far as I can tell like let's not enforce that mm-hmm. but again I'm pro-life like pretty legitly so Right. There's no. We, there's no. I don't. I. I don't. Can't think of a way to have that conversation with like. You know what I mean. It's hard to find a, a diving board for that conversation. For pro life. Yeah. Well, I think one of the issues, and I think that's a good example though of how we have not been able to like have religion and not mass enforce it, because the conception of the the underlying assumptions of the pro life. 
uh, ideology is something that's fundamentally based on Christian metaphysics. So for instance, like other religions, like Judaism does not have the same conception of personhood as say like the Christian metaphysical conception of it. So it, in order to live in a pluralist society, it's gonna be very hard to, and especially now in like a post-religion society, it's gonna be very hard to make the arguments the pro-life people are making. Um, you could make it on a personal level, like in say in a university setting where you're in a philosophy class and you're saying like, I'm gonna argue for this metaphysical conception. But I think it's very hard to legislate on this without making it seem like we're imposing a certain metaphysical uh, assumption on the population. Yeah. What about, yeah, is it unethical to create, like, say I had this idea in my mind of, like, a bicycle that ran on muscle grown in a lab, and if mm -hmm. the muscle, like, think about, like, a leg muscle pumping wheels for you. Isn't that gross? <laughs> but, yeah, like, is that, is that ethical? If you can maintain the muscle, is that your, like, you t is that your property that you've grown in your lab? Wait, so you're saying you grow, like, a human leg? You, or, or you... Whatever the best, I don't know what animal is the strongest and most efficient. Actually, for long distances, it might actually be humans because I think we, that's one of the edges we had is that we could travel long distances without expending energy relative to like a mammoth or like right. a bear. Um, but so you were to take whatever sort of, I guess it could be based on nothing organic that we know, but if you were to make some sort of machine that moved you using muscle and you maintained it using calories, like, is that do you ethically own that muscle or have you enslaved your creation? Damn. That reminds me of that Pokemon movie where like Mewtwo breaks free. Exactly. Um, it's like Frankenstein, but, I guess. But I think, okay. So if it's just a leg, then it doesn't have consciousness. So how, well, at what point does a fetus have consciousness? Well, so that's like, but that's the thing. It's like, do we have like a Christian conception of consciousness or do we have say a Jewish conception of consciousness or an atheistic conception of consciousness? So like in this book I'm reading by Richard Dawkins, he keeps making the point that like a cow is like more conscious than like, and like more neurologically complex than like, a fetus or even like an infant which which month oh not an infant come on doc well he's not saying to kill an infant i know but i don't uh, yeah i'd not i wish i knew more stuff every time we have podcasts, i'm like oh i should knew more stuff but really a, then a, a cow is more conscious i think a four-year-old can learn more than a cow can yeah i don't think day. he was saying a four-year-old but then if you want to i guess then it's like okay well, I, there I are take some... your point i take your point but i think some of the claims made by those people like take figures to their to the detriment of their argument that are a bit untrue i mean yeah and and most of us aren't vegetarians anyway mm -hmm. but um i think also oh um, I also like the soul thing so that goes back to what you're saying about like a catholic yeah conception. exactly and this idea of like us having like a telos, like a sort of purpose that we need to fulfill in life, whereas like we don't view animals as having that same complex intellectual telos that humans would have. Um, I, I so feel so. I feel like the the whatever whatever sort of like the Catholic that of the generation that I am would replace purpose with potential because we've moved into such a you you make your own meaning kind of you become whatever you want it's kind of where modern yeah. history, you know so but yeah but there but there are some humans that do not move past the in neurological complex or intellectual complexity of an infant 
Yeah. So those with like severe intellectual disabilities, most mm-hmm. people wouldn't argue for killing them mm-hmm. um, or argue that they have the same val like that their values less because they don't have the same neurological potential. Yeah. I, I would assume anyway. Um, we, gotta, we gotta get Dawkins on basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dawkins, <laughs> I don't know. He's been criticized on like, you wouldn't have Dawkins on? Grounds. No, I would have. Okay. Dude, okay, he was like right. my teenage hero. Of course yeah. I would have Dawkins on. I, okay, that tweet that he made about eugenics, he didn't say, like, this is a class. I know. All right, good. All right. So I feel like we, um, but no, okay. So I think, you know, the thing is about Dawkins and I'm reading his book right now, like I said, and like, I, I think there's like some stuff that he's contributed, but some of his contributions are very important. And I think, you know, now that he said some weird stuff, people kind of tend to discount that um i think also his reputation as an asshole oh is he yeah well no but i think that's mostly been pushed by these christian fundamentalists Mm. who like to portray atheists as mean and heartless the weird alliances that pop up eh (laughs) yeah no i know it's wild i i think you know he's fighting for um like he has a particular worldview and like he's going for it and he's going for it from a place for the most part sometimes he doesn't uh do this but for the most part he's coming from a place where he has knowledge and expertise like he's talking about evolutionary biology for instance Mm -hmm. um the parts when i i get more annoyed with him is when he tries to talk about things that like i can tell he doesn't have a background in um and then uh, like some of the stuff he says about philosophy i'm like no this is very easily refutable Mm -hmm. um and so like that's kind of more of an issue to me than like his personal quirks Mm -hmm. um but i mean all these people they have a purpose in the discourse right like they cause us to arrive at certain conversations and that's not a bad thing um and we can just criticize points as they come along you know what i mean that's yeah that's kind of my stance i was kind of writing about this last night while i was riffing um and just being like like thinking about how we we try to just make come up with these like grand generalizable claims all the time about like people based on like something they've done a tweet yeah a tweet (laughs) or like uh, someone they are associated with. Oh, that's or, ridiculous. Yeah, that, and people do yeah. it all the time. You know, like there's. Um, I'll be friends really, with whomever. Well, sometimes it comes. It gets to ridiculous proportions. So in 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 Palestine, there was this is a talking point used against like every Palestinian. And there is this grand mufti. So he's not elected. He's just like this random figure in the Muslim community. Which doesn't even comprise all of Palestinians. Like, there's a huge Christian Palestinian community. But uh, he, like, met with Hitler once. And there's a picture of him meeting with Hitler. Yeah. And so now there's, you know, whenever Palestinians try to ask for some rights, so many people bring up this picture of, like, the Grand Mufti and Hitler. And like, they're like, yeah, well, you guys are, like, basically Nazis. And but, it's, but Hitler has been so, like, more politically utilized than, like, anybody ever. I know, like, I know. It's so nuts. The need to compare everything or use Hitler or the Holocaust as, like, a baseline 
for anything. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And it's sometimes what's frustrating is when it's deliberately everyone inside is rolling their eyes, but nobody mm. will say anything. That's when it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I hope I would be brave. Honestly, if you what what's another example of that where like, okay, sometimes conversations about immigration become like everyone in most people's state of mind there is some restriction on immigration yeah i think everyone but, but the conversation mind. i don't know whose fault this is and it's not an original point but the frustrating thing is the conversation is if you bring up any sort of restrictionism on immigration like immediately everyone goes quiet and then the most mm-hmm. the person who's willing to be the most dishonest will try and take you to task for being racist yeah well anyway. i think i i don't want to sound like a centrist on this issue but oh not a centrist but i think i know sorry drag chad um, chad centrist rise up okay um, yes. no just kidding um no but i I'm think not. uh the the issue here is that both sides do this because the right caricatures uh, pro-immigration people as like people who don't believe in any borders at all, right? I believe um, it. I don't see that anywhere. How I come- see it a lot with di- like in American political discourse. Okay. So like it's like okay, well people are gonna like come and like in hordes over the borders <laughs> with like yeah. zero border security. But yeah. even the most like libertarian open borders people I've talked. I've- talk to or read like i think um alex norwaste from the cato institute is like probably the most well-known open borders advocate i think Mm -hmm. i think i don't know who else there is um but even like he has been like yes there still needs to be like vetting like you can't just like let anyone in like you still have to like have a baseline of like okay is this person like a terrorist or like a criminal or whatever like that is that seems to be important okay so let's say let's let's take this let's do a fucked up thought experiment let's say we're 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 doing that the hypothetical we Mm -hmm. and so there's a degree of vetting and and let's say just for argument's sake once you're in you're in and you're a citizen whatever if you get in your you know what i mean but it takes a while to become a citizen. But let's say you like immigrate illegally just for the sake of this example. Like if, if you're in, you're in, you know? What? You're not gonna So if you illegally immigrate to a country But then you don't get citizenship. Let's just say for this example that you do. But that's so outrageous. <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought I thought that was kind of de facto like No, way- no. So what happens if you illegally immigrate? You're undocumented. So right. there's not like a record of you being there. Right. Um, so there's like certain things you cannot do, obviously, if you're undocumented. Um, but I think that like part of the reason why that exists is because the restrictions on immigration are so stupid that so many people can't come legally. I think that's a point Norwaste makes a lot of the time as well is that like the, the it's so bureaucratic the way okay. that, and so like another thing is like you know there's this narrative of okay well humans are going to do what's in their self-interest and that's exactly what immigration is you know what i right. mean um so i don't know okay but okay, the, the thing i was going to say that i probably shouldn't say is that by if if say let if you get in well uh, if you get in, you're granted citizenship. Let's say it's like a, a capture the flag type game. You get the that flag. would be absurd, but very interesting. Okay. Well, then what's what's wrong with a wall? <laughs> I don't. I actually just don't think it's gonna. It would work. Like I think yeah. people would like 
go under it, hop it, whatever. Yeah. I think I think it's what was the issue with say the US's thing on the wall was more the rhetoric than the yeah. actual building of the wall because it, it caricatured what immigration was. Because mm-hmm. it made it look like immigration is like, you know, a game of thrones where like the night walkers are all like storming on the wall. Mm-hmm. When it's like, you know, there's just some starved and dehydrated suffering people escaping from gang violence being like hello can i please seek refuge <laughs> like yeah. that that is a more accurate depiction than so i think and it, that's kind of what annoys me is i don't like these inaccurate depictions and even like you know when my dad immigrated to canada because of a war it was still very bureaucratic it's not you know you come in like a whole like hordes of like a lebanese mob of like yeah yeah yeah. you know it's it's like hey by the way my country is being wrecked uh can i apply for citizenship and then you have to stick around for a while you know there's a there's a very long process and i think when it comes to easing restrictions, it doesn't mean that we don't, we just grant people citizenship right away. But I think rather it's that we don't discriminate based on things like, like we don't make quotas um, based on- I thought on, you guys love quotas. Who's you guys? I don't know, affirmative action people. The, the quota thing for a country, I think you can actually make a strong libertarian argument against this. And the reason why is that you cannot know what someone say contributions to the economy is going to be like in Especially like with the UBI. Sure, if you if you have <laughs> Make that, that money grow. But, but I mean, like say, like right now, what happens is like you know they'll look at your career and they'll say, well, I don't know if there's demand for you right now. Um, yeah. And I mean, my dad, that was what they did with my dad, and he's an engineer. And did he like, try, wait, did he did he try and get in? Did you guys try and move to America or this is with Canada? Canada. No, this is Canada. Okay. And they were like, yeah, we don't really have a demand for engineers right now. And and then like 10 years later, after like he finally got in, like he got in sooner than that. But I mean, like he got in and then like way down the line, you know, Canada has a huge need for engineers. And it's like, you can't know that that far away in advance. Uh, yeah. And so and he's worked on like half of the signature buildings in Vancouver, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done a lot. I'm very proud of my dad. Um, he's, Shout he's, out to uh, uh, <laughs> but but no but yeah but you can't know these things when you're like talking when you're an immigration officer you don't have the knowledge uh mm-hmm. to to know what people can contribute um mm-hmm. you have data there is a leftist case to be made as well that you know this might create a global system of apartheid where like economic apartheid Take where me that. this is nagel's argument which i'm not like super well versed in but it's an interesting one. If we just have this global like Schengen zone, do you know what that is? Uh, no. It's like in Europe, how you can just like no trade barriers at all. Like okay. you can just go through like anywhere and like within the Schengen zone, like free movement, free trade, whatever. Okay. Um, so she thinks this is going to create this like global mass system of inequality where like there's just like elite sort of um pockets in the world with like super wealthy people that like just do whatever they want mm-hmm. um while using labor from like disenfranchised disaffected like people who are vulnerable mm-hmm. um so that's kind of like the case against open borders that nagel makes i find myself to be kind of moderate on this in the sense that like i think that there should there are restrictions that should not 
like there are you shouldn't restrict things on like occupation race religion okay but you should on criminality and yeah like i, I think like i don't know there's a really interesting i'm with the, you i'm just going through it yeah the criminality thing though then like there's some people that argue then okay well what if you're a citizen of a country and you do so so there's a case there's a girl in england she went to syria she's an english citizen but mm-hmm. syria joined isis and then England's like, okay, we're going to strip you of your uh, citizenship. And people are saying like, okay, but she's a UK citizen. Can you strip someone's citizenship? And I actually like disagreed with stripping her citizenship from the UK because then it makes her like Syria's problem. So I think like in this case, Syria has the right to expel her because she's a terrorist. So either mm-hmm. she's going to be stateless or the UK takes responsibility for her yeah i see Um, that i see that you know what i mean um because like you know she went she joins isis she terrorizes syrian christians if i was a syrian christian i would be like okay like you're why why are you my problem right now yeah Um, so like no she should be back in the uk um so then it's like okay well if we don't let like let's say we have this big schengen zone instead of um then it's like okay so how do we deal with like citizenship and like say terrorism for instance some people would argue death penalty some people would argue re-education centers or something like of that sort Mm -hmm. um i don't really know where i stand on that i used to be just like very anti-death penalty and now i kind of understand it but i don't know how i feel about it still because you're still giving like the state a ton of power to just be like yeah you're guilty by yeah um that that's another really interesting thing though is that apparently with death penalty um you're more likely to get off if you're like sentenced to die than if you're sentenced to 25 to life which is nuts the lawyer's like let's just try and go for the death penalty and so you can get off <laughs> it's better to die or get free than be in jail no yeah and you get a free meal <laughs> We got to get your, one of your UBI experts on about the problem of like extortion. Yeah, I know. Like, so if like, I was thinking, let's just explain what I said about like, mm-hmm. if you get, if everyone gets a direct deposit on the first of every month, mm-hmm. let's stop like thugs knocking on every door and being like, yo, 20%, please. Oh yeah, that's true. But they could do that on payday because they know what. What? Like, oh yeah, I just mean like whenever if everyone gets the money on the same day, because I was I was thinking of bringing up like let's start a a uni- like a global UBI fund. Right, you know Finland just finished piloting it. Uh, I did hear that. Yeah, and apparently it went well because people thought it would disincentivize work, but it didn't. It's the opposite. I'm talking to so many of my friends. We can okay. I'm passionate about this because I got two EI checks, and it was like more than I've ever made on a check. And then I stopped because now I'm back at work. But mm-hmm. I easily could have been like, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to sit on this shit yeah. and then probably get fucked by the government. But I'm, I'm low discipline, low, you know, I'm a... Yeah. But, I think people- so, but, but, but this is the UBI thing. It won't disincentivize people. It'll empower people. Because I have coworkers who are not working because of EI. Whereas yeah. they kind of want to work because it's healthy for them and they want to contribute and all the good things. But yeah. Yeah, I think people, and I think quarantine is showing this, um, people underestimate how 
but like people people basically overestimate how lazy others are and underestimate how people need something in their life you know what i mean like like they need a routine people like to feel valuable they like to feel like they're doing something that's producing results um and you know maybe that might not be like manual labor or like the kind of work that everyone in society wants it might be art um Mm -hmm. but but like like I don't think like there's a sort of caricature in like old style conservatism where it's like if you get any sort of handout then you're not gonna do anything and I I just you know my mom my mom made that point my mom is like my mom uh like my mom mom. I don't want to I don't want to be too mean to my mom but she's she's she thinks of she sides on like she thinks she thinks of herself she's a progressive but she's like boomer I don't know how to say this without she's like she identifies as progressive and she has like like oh you voted conservative I can't believe that type thing but then I'm like UBI and she's like no everyone will stop working so there's Mm -hmm. like I don't know there's a funny thing there that's that's like a, a mentality on like work ethic that I think was very particular to that generation Mm-hmm. um whether like regardless of your like partisan affiliations yeah um i started to win my dad over though my dad constantly surprises me i love my dad so much he i was like talking about ubi and i was talking about how there's there's not the same wealth in a nine to five that there used to be especially relative to the economy and of a lot of people, a lot of people are being forced into like gig economy you yeah. know so it makes total sense you get a little bit of ubi a little bit of a gig you have a good healthy life and he was like mm, yeah maybe and I think it makes it can make you less susceptible to like abuse from yeah. the boss because like if you're Ooh. more economically empowered, yeah. then you can't then they can't be like oh well I won't pay you this if you do because you can just be like well I have backup I have social safety net like I, yeah um so I yeah I totally see I I'm like agnostic I I like I like the idea I just haven't I feel like I need to read more because I'm like I'm always scared to like jump on to advocate for something before I like read all that. Um, yeah. but I yeah we should get someone on to talk about it because like there's definitely it's definitely like a it's an interesting issue and I think it's something that Canada could very easily implement I feel like any state could easily implement it because it's it's the most efficient no wealth is destroyed in bureaucracy. No wealth is destroyed and you can't work. I don't, I don't see wealth being destroyed if giving people like small amounts of, not small or medium amounts of money. Like no one, I don't know. I think I, I truly believe the individual is best over a, a large group, best served. They'll use the money the most effectively to better themselves as opposed to like intensely paternalistic social programs where someone is paid to hold your hand and then say no arbitrarily anyways yeah yeah i mean i think there's a balance to be struck here because i think you know we can't just destroy like our medicare system for instance no 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 yeah there's 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 certain things that i think are pretty vital to like a functioning developed society um that like personal like income can't help with but i think what it can help with is issues like work um, and especially the fact that, like, you know, labor and, um, like you were saying, like, our jobs are not keeping up with the cost of living. Like, it's yeah. not keeping up with um, the price of rent. It's not keeping up with, like, you know, the cost of housing, stuff like that. And, like, yeah. that is where I think it can come in. I, But, yeah, I don't know. I think also people are talking about the idea of, like, paying people to stay home. 
during the quarantine. Um, oh, is that the idea? Yeah, so that they don't like. But I all the the coworkers that I've mentioned all had the same thing as me. They loved the first three weeks. Like I was training like a pro athlete. I was writing songs and putting them on mm-hmm. YouTube like every day. And then after that, I started to smoke. Like, and I there was tangible self destruction. Yeah. And I think you know after a long time doing nothing that happened. You need something. Like, you, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you just need some sort of routine. And like I said, I think people want to contribute. Uh, yeah. People want to work. Like, they want, but like they don't necessarily want to work in such desperation like they don't want to work where they're like groveling at the feet of their boss and like just like you know when they say jump you say how high and so like if you have a sort of economic safety net then when is the united states gonna invade canada You speak Someone, that, like it's like so certain. Well, look at the look. Just I mean, just look at a map. Look at the landmass. Look at the rising sea levels. Look at everyone in a huff about immigration. We have so much, like, especially with global warming, increasingly inhabitable land. Okay, so Canada annexed by the states when? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So yeah, I mean, with the climate, um, that's a possibility. But I think also like the U.S. government's in such denial about the climate that maybe they don't want to like publicly do something like that. Right. Have like the most stake in like <laughs> making it happen faster. Yeah, or like in not doing anything about it. But like investing I don't know, in oil. <laughs> I don't know like what their policy is on it. So like I don't know. Libertarian judge. right. Um. <laughs> like well, a, if I had money, I'd invest in Northern BC because it's already so beautiful and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know because oil now has gone like so downhill in the pandemic. But aren't these like pretty much like stock blips that people are prone to overreact to? Like every time I, I hear, what? I don't know. That's not my area. I mean, of expertise. But I hear people like stocks go up and down, and like I. To say that someone say they've lost a bunch of money in the stock market, if you literally held all that shit, it'll be worth more than it was a month ago in three years. Anyway, sometimes not, wisely, all, not always. If you diversified your portfolio and you don't over pay attention to little blips in the stock market, but anyways, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking. I about I just either. think of all those people that like commit the sue after like their they stocks. Just, if, if they were just to wait a bit, <laughs> <laughs> you can go and be their like counselor or whatever. High key. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But yeah. Um, in other news, uh, Kim Jong Un was found alive. He's a guy. Palace with his harem. Uh, no, he wasn't found with his harem. I think. Oh. Uh, but what was really funny is TMZ broke the news that he died. <laughs> oh. And like, I think it was like, do you know, like the Twitter guy Jabuki? No. Or Jabuchi. I don't know how you say it. He like he was like, okay, how is it that TMZ is the first to break every single death? Like they must be. Well, because no one, they're they're they don't have any cost to getting it wrong. They just say sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, they must be killing some of these people themselves. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe, but. But yeah, I don't know. I was doing some like investigative North Korea journalism yesterday, but not really. I'm just kidding. So um, I'd love to see how you do that though, because some people use Google better than others. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's hard to find because 
if you just use like regular Google and not like Google Scholar. It's oh, just fuck. gonna it's just gonna be random people's like I wish like, I had Google unver- Scholar. How do you, you get do. Google Scholar? You just go on scholar.google.com. Oh fuck yeah, I'm a high brow now. <laughs> but I That's just actually mean, like, a really good tip. I, if you yeah. check out like claims that are like reviewed and stuff, it's more likely to be I don't know. I still don't really trust a lot of it because like all all the info we have is from defectors, but like I know people who have personally been paid to say stuff that's like not true. That's hot. So, that's yeah. ratcheted up from savory to spicy. Can you mm-hmm. say names? No, I want to protect their privacy. They admitted to you that they took that money? No, they didn't take oh, it. Okay. But I know yeah. people who have yeah. been like offered uh, money, not money necessarily, but also things like citizenship. Um, where? No, uh, you can't say that, but like yeah. Canada? Um, US, I can say that. Just say, a, here, here's a here's an I'll give you a famous example, so I don't need to like talk about anyone okay, in, like, right. personally. There was um, a woman named Nagira, uh, and she was a nurse from Kuwait, and the U.S. was having trouble getting support for the Iraq War, and so they got this girl whose family was like tied to some like funding with some American institutions as well. They got this girl to like cry in front of Congress and say that she saw like Saddam Hussein's soldiers like take babies out of incubators and like kill them or something. Um, and then that like got people to support the war. Mm. And then it, they found out that she like was completely full of it and like was completely lying. Yeah. So yeah, it shows like the limits of getting information from testimony. So like after I learned about stuff like that, like and I read stuff about North Korea, and then, like, there's always stuff that's, like, debunked. Like, it'll be, like, Kim Jong-un killed this, his best friend, and then his friend will, like, show up beside him, like, for two weeks, you know? Yeah, like, maybe it's a clone. No, yeah, I, I totally... I don't... I, I tell myself I don't trust anything, but then you end up de facto kind of trusting a lot that you sit, tell yourself you're too sophisticated for. Mm-hmm, I agree. It's Well, because you need some grounding, right? Like, you need to, like... Be like okay well i need to believe like that something's real you know <laughs> like i don't want to be like i'm going insane yeah. but but it's really funny to read american articles on north korea because they make these really crazy claims mm-hmm. so they make claims like uh everyone has to have the same haircut as kim jong-un and stuff like mm-hmm. that and it'll be from like a defector and then you see like satellite images and like you clearly see people with different haircuts and yeah. so it's like Dude, the um, youth in china are so cool i remember at the chi- at the airport in oh, was it shanghai like there was all like 19 year olds working there and they looked like they were having the best time they were just like cool they all had like hipster haircuts and they were all just like hanging out it was crazy to me yeah i'm sure they're cool they look cool they should come on the pod all the youth in china <laughs> yeah. the youth in asia <laughs> just kidding where do you what are, what are your thoughts on euthanasia oh my god we're just getting into all the bread and butter catholic morality stuff today i love it um i'm actually a lot like more skeptical of euthanasia than abortion like i don't think that they're because people act like they're the same issue mm-hmm. and i don't think they are i'm more like concerned about euthanasia because i feel like when people are like dying they might feel okay well yeah i have some principles that this like might contradict with so i have like a sort of libertarian ideal that like anyone should be allowed to kill themselves if they Mm -hmm. want to but then at the same time i have this like more paternalistic ideal where i'm like i 
worry that like, you know, if you're old, you might feel like a burden and you might feel pressure to just do it even if you don't want to do it because um, you feel like you're making your family suffer mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Sorry, there's just so much noise in my head all times. But I, ca- I kind of came to the conclusion that you can kill yourself, but don't, you can't ask anyone to help you. Damn. <laughs> That's deep. It's so martyr. It's so martyry. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm like more skeptical of it now because I think, you know, if you kill yourself, like it does impact other people. Like it actually hurts other people. So I don't think it's like a victimless crime. Oh, such that's the weight that you're trying to escape though. <laughs> I know, it's a tough one. It's like I, I feel very conflicted on euthanasia people can let me know in the comments i I, or on twitter or whatever if you have thoughts on euthanasia but i very much um did a lot of stuff on it when i was in university because quebec is very pro euthanasia that's so weird assisted suicide um there are a lot of debates when i was at mcgill about that and um and we had a panel from the center for inquiry which oh, is, you told me about this. Yeah, and they're they're affiliated with Richard Dawkins, uh, so we come full circle. Um, <laughs> but the Center for Inquiry, um, they they gave a panel on assisted suicide at McGill, but I wasn't super convinced. You told me it was like, was that the thing you told me about where it was like the young Trudeau, like you should have the right to kill yourself? No, 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 no. Oh, that was okay. a debate that I went to. That was actually my friend's dad, um, and he... He wasn't like that young. He's he's a prof, but okay. he he was more like energetic, and okay. he was talking about um, yeah. He's like, we have the right to kill ourselves, and then like the other guy, like the doctor, he's like old and tired, and he's like, just just don't kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's like the two. Oh yeah, that's funny. I know it was very like I don't know very Montreal, but but I have yeah, three gra- I have three grand saved. So oh if I God. have some sort of breakdown, I can actually make it out there now. That's nuts. I know. We're both going to be moving. Stoked to have a breakdown. Oh my. Yeah, that's the perfect place to have a breakdown. No, well, it'd probably be like, I have a breakdown and then I move to change. No, now. you got to have the breakdown there. <laughs> I'll have multiple breakdowns. <laughs> Montreal is like the ideal place. To, I feel like I've had the most breakdowns in Montreal. Like I've had, <laughs> but, but... I feel like in my teen years, I ha- I was more like consistently like broken down, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I will I always be beat down. <laughs> Your bangs look sick. Are you satisfied with them? Oh yeah, guys. I did a DIY. Uh, this is another big quarantine thing I did. Yeah. My cousin cut my bangs. Um, yeah. I like them. I, they feel very like Redgate. Like when you yeah, wear them. Like- but, like, but like they look good, you know? Like, they feel very, like, indie scene. I was like, okay, I got to start playing some music now. (laughs) My cousin and I did a uh, classical music cover of Drunk and Hot Girls by Kanye. Nice. How was it? (laughs) Oh, wait, you played piano? She played violin? Yeah. yeah. Is it online? On Instagram. Or just for for pleasure. Oh, okay. I'm like, is it online? Everyone's like, it's on Instagram. I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, maybe I'll post it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, We we wanted to play it for the healthcare workers. (laughs) Cause in, does Insta wait? Was it like in, does it disappear? Or is it will it always be on Instagram? No, it's always on. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you? Yeah, because we were thinking about how people play music for the healthcare workers. Not music, but they just bang stuff. We're like, yeah, we should play drunken hot girls instead. 
oh, anyone out there with like means and, and sophistication and determination, we should, there should be like a click that's like globally synchronized or at least yeah. for a region. Like Good at like, block. yeah, like a, <laughs> like a metronome. So everyone can like drum circle the banging of the pots and pans. Yeah. I know. I, that's what's bothered me the most about it is like, I mean, I don't know if like it's demeaning <laughs> to the healthcare workers too. Like that's something I considered. It makes like, everyone feel good though. I know, but they're all like, please give us equipment. I guess in Vancouver, hey, though, they're pretty well off. So it's best like, I can do is, is some noise. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's just weird. I don't know. This idea of like just everyone like standing outside and banging stuff. It's so fun. You should get in the spirit. I just haven't been able to. I've just been like, oh, God. I feel so, honestly, that's the most connected I've ever felt to Loon Valley. To the neighborhood. That sounds weird, yeah. Yeah, I feel the most connected when I was like, 15 in the mcdonald's at like 1 a.m and there was like really like fucked up kids on like something I, see i never i never i never felt and they were like people eating pizza i remember dudes like smoking inside like looking around for a fight funny times yeah i'm just kidding by the, the way poor workers like man i know imagine working at mcdonald's and i feel abused at my job but imagine having to like like not make eye contact with some 17 year old looking for a fight who's like smoking yeah. Playing with his knife. Those guys definitely need a UBI. <laughs> Have you heard about our savior UBI? <laughs> you go into McDonald's with like sure. a clipboard and like, what like is that thing the Mormons years? wear? You know, the Mormons, how they wear like those like button up short yeah. sleeve shirts. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think though, like there's potential for organizing in those kinds of places because so many people feel like screwed over by their bosses in places like that and screwed over by like just how demeaning their work is should we know. agitate for mcdonald's like they probably have a pretty good go and be like i bet you hate the uh the man these, i bet you hate all these teenage it's like <laughs> the anti-teenager action but then again teenagers are already so like there's so much potential that's un under channeled yeah maybe they can be like a unification project like you unify them and the and the teenagers be like, look, you guys are both held down by the man. You You're, shouldn't be this fighting. This is a class struggle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a convenient. Yeah, I see why it would work rhetorically. Yeah, I think that's that. That'll be the next mission. That's just all these like Argyle kids. Like, <laughs> go away, old man. Am I an old? Am I a boomer to them? Probably. I got a pink headband though. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's true. Here. I realize I have the same one as you. As I, I need more of these. The Under Armour one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wearing it to the track yesterday. Fuck yeah. I I felt very empowered. Just okay. kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to run my half marathon. So, so my marathon got moved virtually, and uh, so now I have to run it at, at any point in the next month. And I'm like, hmm. oh, that's a shame. They don't give you a day. That would help me out. I know. Are you ready? Yeah, like I already ran the distance before. So. Oh, you've really? Yeah. Wow. What is it? Twenty four. When I was miles? in When I was in Calgary. No. Twelve miles. No, it's a half. So it's twenty one point five kilometers. That's like 12 not that bad. Miles it's like two right? hours. Uh. Yeah, I don't know anything about miles to be honest. Okay. But yeah. but yeah, it's um it's not, it's not terrible. Like I feel like a full one would be so much harder. Right. It's not even for like running is very mental. 
and like for me sometimes like when i when my runs aren't going well i just want to stop more because i'm like bored like i feel like i can't mentally get in the zone and i'm like little injuries those always if i'm bored and depressed and injured it's like enough just to make me stop Mm -hmm. like just a little niggle that you're scared is going to turn into a big niggle yeah i have i have actually a broken toe damn that i didn't know me and my little injuries no, but it's like I, I haven't even noticed it. I just like looked one day and I'm like, oh, my toe looks fucked. You're so hardcore. <laughs> no, but like I dropped a weight on it like a, a while ago, and then but I was like, oh, it's not broken, and it kind of hurt, and now it's just purple and ugly. So like I don't know, it looks disgusting. Yesterday, like someone was like, saw send feet pics, and I was like, I have a broken toe. I don't know if you. Uh, Wait, is that like a meme thing now? Like mm-hmm. send feet pics or is that a real thing? It's like both. Yeah, can't keep up. Apparently, people actually send feet pics. Apparently, you can sell them for a lot of money. I know that's wild. But why like, can't you just find them on the internet? Just Google it. I know, I know. I that's like the theory. worst kind of simping. Well, I have a theory that like part of the thing that gets the person off financial is that transaction is feeling like they are under some sort of like. Yeah, some sort of like domination financially. Yeah, that's by, some, yeah. No offense to know. any feet connoisseurs out there. I just that's some heavy simping. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I I honestly do not get it. I like, I would just never pay for anything sexual ever. Yeah, like I I just like like whether it's like a porn subscription or like I paid for that. I'll come on the record and admit that. Oh, you'll come on the right. No, <laughs> um, how that isn't that weird when it shows up like on your visa? Um, well, I let my family use it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Our recommenders really get crossed. No, um, <laughs> it's just on my card. I only did it once. Oh ever again. I had to. I had to call the guy because, of course, they like <laughs> part of their business model is to like rope you into like extra shit that you accidentally you're trying to quickly get through it because you're in a real hurry um and and then you have to like call and and most people are too afraid to call i feel so they end up with like a 20 dollar on their card like every month thing but you had to call the guy and it was like some some guy in a call center it's like yeah bro it was it was, super <laughs> chill. It was that's a genius business model though i know because so many people wouldn't want to call yeah or and then there's like boomers like pretending like i didn't order any of this <laughs> and they clearly did <laughs> that's like paul krugman he like recently had this tweet a while ago that was like um after there was child porn on my computer like disregard that my account was hacked and like oh, no like wait 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 is this the hentai guy because that's less serious than child porn no, this was child oh, porn. Fuck. What the fuck? Um, Paul. But, so, but he was like, "Yeah, the New York Times is on it because he works for the New York Times." <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait, that at work?" Well, I was like, "Why is the Times investigating your child porn? Like hacking? Like that's really weird." Um, Oof. but I don't know if that was like. I, I don't even remember. It's just what that a was. bit, guys. Yeah, I remember seeing that on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh my god." I, like, there's levels of of like inter- like yeah that's not even uh, uh, anyways yeah that's <sighs> poor paul krugman he needs Wait. a ple- he needs a pleasure squad like kim jong-un well was he looking at i'm I just guess. kidding no i'm just kidding the the pleasure squad thing just made me laugh because i it sounds like a like a joy division song or something 
<laughs> like is or That's like how they got their name is the German or yeah or like some indie band or something like Pleasure Squad. That's a good name actually. Yeah, it's very Party. like, but it sounds Kim, very caricatured. Kim Jong Un's Pleasure Squad live. <laughs> I'm gonna make a song called. That. Has Dennis Rodman been back? He used to go visit. Yeah, I heard him and Kim were like tight. Which is so funny. That is really funny to me. I wonder but... if he partakes in the Pleasure Squad. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, okay. Wait, sorry. I thought you meant like he is like part of the people oh, part giving of it. pleasure, not like I the, mean... uh, uh, the other stuff. But <laughs> diplomatic really relations. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, or like a. <laughs> oh man no that was, that's good stuff i like that um the dennis robman stuff not really the pleasure squad but all these people are commenting like wow dudes rock oh dude like ironically yeah because it's like wow good job you have been like i don't know that sounds very biblical there is like yeah. that king that had 700 wives or something king this is king solomon, solomon. Yeah, okay, it was Solomon. That's what I thought. The son of King David had 10,000 wives and his wisdom was highly regarded. So UFC 249, right? Yeah. I really wish Ryan would come on the pod and talk about it. I want to know what he thinks. I'll have to email him. Yeah, he'll give you some feedback on that. Who's who's the main card? Justin Gaethje versus Tony, the type of guy, Ferguson. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts, and then Henry Cejudo versus some other guy. There's like a flyweight title fight as well. Oh, beautiful! I'm stoked. I might I, I'm gonna buy it at my house, and it's gonna. Be, I don't know if like the darkness of the violence is gonna like negatively affect my family. Well, surely they're all athletes. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like they think I'm kind of fucked up and like into violence, so like the vibe might be weird. I'm probably overthinking it. It's also my boyfriend or my sister's <laughs> boyfriend's birthday. Freudian. <laughs> my sister's boyfriend's birthday, so he's gonna be at the house. So I might have to like order it in the PVR because I don't want to inflict my violence upon him. It's just it's literally it's just UFC. I guess so. Like it's not less violent than like hockey. It is, and and the point isn't violence in hockey. It's just like insane. yeah, but in hockey they always there's always fights. Yeah. There's exactly. like that Todd Bertuzzi thing. Oh, yeah. He'd be a good podcast guest. He's actually so inarticulate. He wouldn't be, but I don't know. Just, <laughs> just like has like 17 concussions. Like, uh, and uh, Mark Crawford told me to punch that guy. That, fe- that felt like a defining moment in my childhood. When he, when he punched him? Yeah. I remember I didn't hear about it, so I went to school and everyone was telling me about it. I was like, I'm sure it's not that bad. Yeah, but I just remember it was like the talk of the town. And yeah. Ken and I went to school with like some hockey players, like some Canucks kids and stuff. And like, there, well, were, there was some heat. <laughs> Canucks kids? Just regular kids? No, like the, the children of people. Oh! Uh, like uh, Mark Crawford's kids. And... Yeah, they went to, yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. Matt Cook rocked up to our school. He was so mm-hmm. small. I don't know how he caused trouble in the NHL for a living. Yeah, he like, caused trouble too. I forgot. He was like 5'5", five, five, like 105 pounds. Anyways, talking shit out here to Matt Cook. Matt Cook, I love you. Uh, what else? On the Brian's cards? just walked in with the dog. Dude, I literally didn't realize it was you. I thought you were somebody else. I was like, what the hell? Brian thought that I was tell just a random on, person. Tell him to come on the pod and talk about 249. Ken wants you to come on and talk about 249. 
Ken wants you to come on the pod and talk about UFC 249. Ryan just chuckled. What a Chad. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Should we wrap? Let's wrap. Thanks for listening. We should shout out our patrons. Yeah, shout out to Brandon and RPG Airy. Um, And subscribe to our Patreon for some goods. We're going to try and get some things rolling, um, especially in the core. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, quarantine might end soon too, so we can make... uh, do some even more fun stuff on the patreon but stay tuned for that and uh, we'll see you guys next week bye peace out